goes against what's healthy for us. We are relational beings. We thrive in relationship. Our mental health drops when we're in isolation. Our brain and our nervous system are literally socially regulated. That's Dr. Chris Donahue. And this week on Mental Health Monday, we're talking about social distancing fatigue. Yeah, we're all getting a little sick of being alone, being isolated, not seeing our friends. How do we push through it? I don't really know either. That's why I called Dr. Chris. It's Mental Health Monday. Let's go. Mental Health Monday is an informational podcast and should not be used to replace the specialized training and professional judgment of a healthcare or mental health care professional. Mental Health Monday can't be held responsible for the use of the information provided. Please always consult a trained mental health professional before making any decision regarding treatment of yourself or others. Self-help information and podcasts and information on the internet is useful, but it's not always a substitute for professional assistance. Unless otherwise noted, guests of Mental Health Monday are not doctors or licensed in any way. Our hope is to make a connection with you and be more open and honest about everyone's mental health. Enjoy the podcast. What's up and welcome to Mental Health Monday. It's a Riggs Off the Radio podcast powered by Radio.com. I'm Riggs, your host. I do the morning show, Riggs and Alley Morning Show on 103.7 KISS FM and Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Look, I get it. We're all getting a little tired of being quarantined, being locked down, the safer at home, the social distancing fatigue that's starting to set in. How do we push through that mental barrier? Because we know it's for the greater good, but it's really hard to do. I get it. I get it. What do we do when people in our social circles aren't taking it as seriously as we are? Or maybe they're moving faster than we're ready or comfortable with. How do we set boundaries during these unique times? Sure, I could spitball some answers, but let's talk to a doctor. Dr. Chris Donahue. He's a sex and relationship therapist, a sexologist, a media personality, an author, a lecturer, an educator, the host of the I'm Listening program weeknights on radio.com, and the new host of Love Line. He's got better insight than I do because dude's a doctor. So I wanted to bring him on the podcast this week for Mental Health Monday. Dr. Chris Donahue. Yeah, thanks for having me. Super stoked. Now, you're uh, a doctor, of course. I'm going to use Dr. Chris all the time because I think he went to college. You deserve to be called doctor all the time. So please don't take offense to that. <laughs> but, I'm here for it. But but your background also is in uh, sex therapy as well. So you work a lot with relationships and th- that type of stuff as well. Which, which your kind of your your expertise? Are you kind of a jack of all trades? Yeah, it's kind of a jack of all trades. I mean, my, my first, uh, my master's and my first doctoral program were in general, you know, mental health counseling and clinical psych. And then I went on to do uh, training as a sex therapist and then went and did a second doctoral program in human sexuality and sexology just to really focus on that because it's an under it's an understudied and also undervalued area of the world yet every single thing we do is somehow somehow tied to our relationality and our sexuality and all that so it's powerful stuff well yeah it's also taboo kind of like mental health i mean people don't want to talk about sex but people are having sex and people don't want to talk about mental health but everybody has mental health so well and that's the thing is it's so disappointing when people were starting to talk a little bit more about mental health, but people don't want to talk about sex. And you can't talk about mental health without addressing sexuality because the way our culture has structured it, that becomes one of the most honest, shame-based, anxious parts of us. And you can't move through the world as a totally confident whole human being if any part of you is carrying shame and sex culturally is one of those places. And so unfortunately, 
it's under-recognized as a meaningful part of getting someone fully mentally well. Right. Now, we've all been quarantined, depending on where you live, what part of the country you're in. We've kind of been holed up with whoever we're with for months for some people. And a lot of states are starting to kind of relax their rules and let kind of the safer at home lockdown things kind of come, you know, be more. You're starting to see that a lot more. Georgia opening up. Wisconsin, where we live, is slowly turning the dial to open up. Um, but Steve, people still are getting tired of sitting at home and being holed up and being isolated and being stuck with that person they've been with. So I kind of wanted to talk to you today about giving us some tips about staying, you know, staying the course when we get that social distancing fatigue of I have to stay home, but I really want to go out with my friends and, you know, have a couple drinks. I want to go to a restaurant. I want to go over to my friend's house. I mean, how do we fight through this mental block? Because it's all mental right now. So what are some tips that you could give us as we move forward? Yeah. I mean, the first thing I'd say is uh, we have to reframe it a little bit, meaning this is supposed to feel bad. We are, what we're doing is important. Uh, the self-isolation, the wearing masks, the social distancing, it's important, it's needed. Um, it's, you know, again, let's just use the word mental health again. Mental health is caring and considering the impact you have on other people. Otherwise, we're talking about sociopathy and extreme narcissism. So yeah. we want to do that. Having said that, while needing to do that, it goes against what's healthy for us. We are relational beings. We thrive in relationship. We um, our mental health drops when we're in isolation or we're social creatures. Social, social creatures. Yeah. Our brain and our nervous system are literally socially regulated. Um, our partners that we bond with help regulate them. They thrive when we're in robust, healthy relationships. So the the re-narration I want is that we're supposed to feel bad right now. So don't panic. Don't amplify it by feeling bad that you feel bad. We have to just kind of drop into like a little general level of acceptance and then also like panning that out. Go easy on those around you. The people that maybe you're stuck home with know that they're struggling as well and that this extreme amount of time that we are trapped together, we're not supposed to deal well with that because that's not supposed to be how we run our relationships. That's not even our normal baseline. And so do the best you can. I'm telling everyone, let go, let go. Like don't battle things out, avoid conflict. And you'll never hear me say that otherwise. So right. say that <laughs> this is your one pass where I'm like, you're allowed to avoid conflict right now. Otherwise, yeah. you know, um, but as we move back out into the world, uh, it's a scary, it's a scary thing because I, I personally don't think we're ready. Um, and I'm seeing videos and pictures of people that are pushing it and they're putting a lot of people at risk. And that's unfortunate. It's a little self-centered. Um, but there we are. So I would just say be thoughtful. We all get to decide the level of risk that we're comfortable taking, but it also impacts others. But um, yeah, it's going to be good for us. I mean, that's the thing. Once we get back to our general lives, I think everyone's mood's going to improve. I think stress levels will drop. And we'll get back to the baseline of functioning we had before. Like this will all become a distant memory. Do you, uh, it's going to be a brilliant memory, a distant memory, but I think we're always going to remember this, the two months that sports shut down, <laughs> the whole oh, world shut down. That's right. um, now, some people that may be in social situations, maybe it's in their own house where they have someone who is taking it a little bit faster. Like you said, people that are going and moving and getting into groups and putting others at risk, as you have said. And how do we deal with those people that we feel? I mean, you may feel personally that they are moving too fast, but that person may feel this is what I need to do. How do we navigate that conversation without being, uh, pardon my language, a judgmental dick to them, but being more of, you know, I mean, <laughs> that's a clinical I mean, term, judgmental 
mental dick. Okay, perfect. But I mean, I mean, you want to get your point across, but I don't want to be a jerk to somebody and like judge them. But you want to kind of, right. do you want to ask them questions? How do you want to approach someone that's like, yeah. you feel uncomfortable, but they're doing what's best for them. So how do I do that? Yeah. So, you know, we're pretty confident in, in the clinical world that shaming someone or judging them doesn't necessarily uh, get you the, the desired behavioral outcome. But what we do know is empathy tends to work if you're dealing with someone healthy. So what I'm globally saying is because this is something for the first time in our lives that impacts more than just ourselves, you have to think more than just about yourself. And so I would say you approach those people from a place of empathy. Um, and this is just where you're learning also about how much care they have for you in general. Like this, this part counts. So if in any relationship, in any topic, if someone you care about comes to you and says, hey, I want to talk about feelings I have about something and how it directly impacts me, what they say and do next tells you how much love and care they have for you and also their relational health. So what, what you need to say in that dynamic is, you have to use empathy. And again, um, everything matters, right? So this is just like relational health and communication 101. Whenever someone you care about approaches you about something, how you respond and show up to that speaks to your relational health, but also your care for them. And so unfortunately, a lot of people through topics like this learn about how healthy their relationship or their partner is or their friends. Um, because if someone comes to you and they say, listen, we live together and everything you're going out and doing in the world is putting me at risk, not just my mental health and my anxiety, but like physically, because you come home and you sit on the couch and you touch things. If the person's response is to like mock you or disregard you or not care, that's that's not good. That's a sign that this person doesn't take your concerns seriously. And you need to sit with, do you want to be in a relationship with someone like that? I have families that are having family meetings and couples that are having meetings and they're saying, let's let's all talk about and come up with some kind of contract around what we can expect of each other because we all want to feel safe. Because again, for the first time ever, this is something where everything you do literally impacts the physical and mental safety of the people around you. And so it's not a good sign if your partner disregards your concerns. Um, so for the person bringing it forward, bring it up with empathy saying, hey, I want to talk to you about my anxieties and my concerns and let's talk about how I can feel safe. And again, the person on the receiving end of that, I want them to be loving and compassionate and know that it should be both ways. So it, it's a powerful moment. So I, I think you could either come to a point where you have a conversation and then maybe agree to disagree. If you're not related, maybe you're not family members, you're just friends with somebody. I, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, you know, I'm still doing telemedicine. So I'm doing a lot of therapy sessions uh, from home. Yeah. And what's coming up is there's some people where they're going to a roommate and they're saying, listen, like we live together and you're going out. Uh, I'm at, well, uh, you know, for instance, this is like a very anonymous confidential case. I'm changing it around just to protect their safety. I have to say that. But there's someone who we're doing the work is there. Um, the person they live with is going out and seeing his girlfriend and then coming home. And what my client is saying is I now have to worry about the safety precautions that my roommate's taking while at his girlfriend's home, but also what the girlfriend's doing because yeah. that puts my roommate at risk, which puts me at risk. And in the ways his roommate is showing up to that conversation is also showing them, do I want to be friends with someone who disregards my, my safety? Right. And should we continue to live together? Luckily, it's being managed well, where the roommate's saying, I respect that. I respect you. I care about you. Um, so they're, they're working out some boundaries. But if a roommate or a friend or a loved one said, sorry about it, I would have to really look at whether or not I want to be with someone who doesn't care about my safety. Right. Or at least distance yourself from that person even more than totally. for a while, right? I mean, those are the difficult conversations that we have to have in life. And this is one of those. Because again, 
everything the people around you say and do, it counts. It matters to an extent. And so the way they manage you coming with a concern, it, it counts. Yeah. I've talked earlier about uh, on my podcast about how I feel like everybody's kind of grieving. We're all kind of grieving our past way of life, the way that we went about things we can't do anymore. We can't go out and live our entitled American lives, just dropping everything and going out to a bar, going out and getting a haircut whenever we want. Um, do you think that we could be on the precipice of a mental health pandemic if we're not careful? People who are yeah. isolated right now? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of heartbreaking. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm traditionally not home ever really that much. Uh, I love hanging out in coffee shops. Uh, my friends are highly social. I like hiking. I like going to the gym. I have a clinical office. I go to the station to do my radio show. I love being out in the world. Yeah. So I know that I, I, I hold the bar higher for myself. I probably have more skills. I center self-care. So if I'm still struggling, I can imagine what yeah. other people are struggling with. And then I'm working with them clinically, right? So yes, there's a lot of people where this level of isolation for someone who already felt isolated or this level of isolation for someone who really depends upon socialization or the gym, et cetera, et cetera, for their mental health and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, I'm worried about them. And we're, we're also seeing new syndromes that we don't have terms for, kind of like time creep where people don't know what day or time it is and the depression anxiety that comes from that. We don't have terms for that. Um, this, this extended level of disconnection, we don't really have terms for these forms of loneliness. Um, the fatigue from doing absolutely nothing, we're starting to unpack what that means and what the long-term impacts of that are. So we're going to see more on the other side. We're also seeing, it's heartbreaking, rising rates of domestic violence. Yeah. Uh, because there's no boundaries, there's no buffers, there's no escape, amplification, and there's a lot of people turning to a lot of alcohol. And that is connected to 80% of domestic violence cases. And so the drinking is not good, and I'm concerned about that, where people are like, God yeah. bless them. They're kind of like, it's noon, time to drink, having my quarantini, and I'm like, you know, not the best thing to get comfortable doing, and there's some people that are doing it all day, every day. So we're going to see some spiking rates around, you know, the alcohol use. So there, I have a lot of concerns. Some people were treating this like a vacation, and the beginning and i yeah. was i was very hesitant to that i was like this is this is our way of life now we have to reacclimate ourselves and live this way of life and not just celebrate like it's a big party and have drinks all the time i think it's okay to have some drinks but being totally mindful of how much you're drinking you're totally right i could see that happening so yeah i entered this saying to myself um you know, Chris, you're gonna go easy on yourself and, and you're going to be loving with uh, maybe the way you're eating or the lessened activity. Don't be hard on yourself for maybe eating things you're not normally comfortable eating. But I also said to myself, try to make sure that you come out of this neutral or better somehow. And I don't mean better as in, uh, you know, got my rock hard abs still and I learned a new language, better as in mentally. And so from the door, I started to build in self-care where I was like, this is how much work I'll do. This is how much work I won't do. I'm going to start my day not going right on my phone and getting immersed in all that fuck, you know, bullshit. Yeah. Um, I'm going to set, like, I just started to build in these protective factors. You set boundaries, which are this difficult to do sometimes setting boundaries with your so boss, hard. because when you're working from home, you feel like it's always there. It's always consuming you. How do you break that barrier of it's awkward to set a boundary with someone. How do you do oh. that with someone? Oh my gosh. So awkward. Life, the, our lives work for, for all of us. Again, I, I hold the bar high for myself and, and, I, and I expect more for myself. And I'm shocked when I see myself go, 
wow, that was a crappy boundary or you didn't hold one or whatever it is. It is so hard. And, and I only use my own examples because if I struggle and I'm yeah. writing books on this stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's really hard. And and when you're in a relationship with someone, whether it's professional or, or romantic or familial, when they're not used to having boundaries set or not set by you, they don't say, oh, thank you for setting that boundary. I'm proud of you. I will hold that for you. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Like, I wish they did, but yeah. instead they usually knock it down, climb over it, try to dismantle it, attack yeah. you for it. It's even harder, but um, we have to do it. And there are ways it can be done. There are ways to kind of practice and ease in. But um, I want people to ask themselves that because if you're walking around resentful or you're walking around stressed, those are two signs that you're not setting boundaries. And you're doing it to yourself. If you're not, That's right. you have to be respectful of yourself to set those boundaries. Well, Dr. Chris, I really appreciate your time today, man. Um, thank you. Thank you for your insight. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for everything you're doing for radio.com for our I'm listening segment. And now you've restarted Loveline, which I think is awesome. Thanks. I'm trying, trying, do my thing. I don't know who Dr. Drew is. Who's screw that guy? I don't either. I keep hearing this name. <laughs> Who is this man? <laughs> Who's that guy? It's all about Dr. Chris now. No. That's all right. Genuinely appreciate the work you're doing for the community and uh, keep, stay well out there. Stay safe. Thank you so much. Be well. Thanks again, Dr. Chris. More on Dr. Chris Donahue at drchrisdonahue.com. The link is in the description of this podcast. You enjoyed it? Check the guy out. He's super nice. You enjoyed this podcast? Awesome. Give it a five-star rating because I, otherwise I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if you like what I'm doing or not. I, I enjoy feedback. We'll talk to you next time. Enjoy the rest of your day, your afternoon, your night, your weekend, your evening, whatever you're doing. And remember, make good life decisions.